Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 460th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was the Pittsburgh Steelers keeping their season alive with a come-from-behind win over the Tennessee Titans yesterday at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Uh, basically, the Titans gifted the Steelers the game with uh, three turnovers in like the span of five or six offensive plays in the fourth quarter. And the Steelers, to their credit, capitalized. And it ended in a crazy fashion with, uh, with Ryan Tannehill completing a pass on a fourth and six. They were down in the red zone around the 15-yard line of the Steelers. And the Titan receiver caught the ball and was immediately hit and pushed back by Joe Hayden. And it was completely obvious on TV he was nowhere near getting the first down, easily a half a yard, if not a yard, away. Never kind of, quote, broke the plane of the yellow line that we all see on TV. Not that that's the official line. Uh, but it was just, again, completely obvious. Yet... It was the refs made a horrible spot right at the line. They come out, they had to measure, then they were direct to New York, measured again. The Titans, and it was just literally an inch or two short. The Titans were apoplectic with the call, uh, especially Mike Vrabel, Tannehill himself. Uh, but it was the right call based on all week to see on TV and the chains twice backed it up. Um, it should have been again, a half a yard to a yard short. And instead it was like a half an inch short. So that was, uh, uh, a moment of big nervousness for Steeler fans. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. So, uh, luckily the right call was made. The Steelers did win. They of course, took over the ball and just ran out the clock, and that was that. And uh, this all happened with a minute or two left, if that. And uh, so the Steelers stay alive. Heinz Field yesterday was electric. It's always a great crowd, obviously. Uh, but yesterday had the look and feel of a playoff game. They were vociferous. The fans were uh, as the game wound along, and 
you know, reached a fever pitch uh, late in the fourth quarter. It was really, really fun to see. Uh, the Steelers don't win every game, but boy, they sure play in great games. I think there was a graphic that something like eight Steeler games have gone have been decided by eight points or less, as in one-score games. Uh, and, and it was just really fun to see it. Uh, you know, they've been counted out a couple times uh, with the loss to the Vikings. Of course, they had the big win over the Ravens to keep their se- uh, their season alive. And uh, but tall order coming up this Sunday. Uh, they play the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. It's it's about as tough a environment or game as you can see. I think the Chiefs have won seven in a row. And uh, the Steelers are going to have to really uh, play their best game. Just that simple uh, to go out to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. Uh, they need the victory. I, we've been saying this for weeks, but it feels like, you know, if they lose, the season's over. Um, you know, kind of going back a couple weeks when they lost the Chargers on that Sunday night game, it kind of felt the same way. Certainly felt the same way when they lost to the Vikings in recent weeks. So, but yet the AFC is just so wide open that everybody's beating everybody else. And the Steelers with their, I believe it's seven, six and one as in one tie, uh, just hanging in there. They're in the hunt. And I guess that's all you can ask for. Just keep it going. And, uh, and it's going to be fun. Uh, certainly the Kansas city game is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what wasn't fun was my bizarre story of the week last night here in the Tampa area where I'm located is the Bucks getting shut out last night in Tampa, nine to zero. Uh, of course, Tom Brady has feels like he owns every streak, good and bad. And last night was a bad one. I, I think he had gone literally hundreds of games without being shut out or something that sounds like, you know, a decade or more. So I just, we, we, it was just hard to believe what we were seeing. I was in Tampa last night meeting some friends for dinner and uh, on the way out drove right near the stadium. could see that it all lit up. And keep in mind that the Bucks at home on Sunday night TV were in a position to clinch a playoff spot, win the division by beating the Saints. And you just can't say it any other way. The Saints kind of have their number. Luckily, they didn't have their number in the playoff game last year in New Orleans where the Bucks win and their uh, road to the Super Bowl win. But regular season, I think uh, the Saints have beat them. Uh, I think six, eight straight games, something like that, spanning the course of three, four years. So that's a, a crazy streak when you when you factor that in. And uh, but you know, no excuses. This is the NFL, but there were injuries to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, the fabulous receivers of the Bucks, and of course. Uh, Leonard Fournette also left with a hamstring. Same with Evans. Both had hamstrings. Godwin had what appears to be an MCL sprain. So it was announced this morning after testing MRIs and whatnot that apparently he's out for the rest of the regular season, but will 
potentially be ready for the playoffs. Uh, so uh, it's still okay. You know, it looks like the Bucks have uh, the Panthers this weekend, then the Falcons. So they should win the division, guarantee themselves a home playoff game. That's huge. They need that. And uh, they never had, you know, they never had that last year. They they won everything on the road. Um, so they're still okay. Uh, and hopefully Evans and Fournette are okay with their hamstrings. But as we all know, they are very, very tricky injuries, to put them mildly. Um, so we shall see. But uh, honestly, everybody here in the Tampa Bay area is a, a bit in shock by what was transpiring last night, they, just seeing Tom Brady get shut out was just something we haven't seen in years. And Brady's frustration was evident. Uh, looked like he was screaming at the uh, coach of the Saints, uh, Dennis Allen, who was filling in for Sean Payton, who was out with COVID protocol, I believe. And then uh, for all the world to see, uh, Brady threw his, I believe it was a Microsoft Surface, where <laughs> he sort of threw it over his shoulder and uh, looked like it broke. We don't know, but certainly it came apart, shall we say. So, And there was a couple other looks at him of just really dejection and frustration. Like, we're just simply not used to seeing that. What else can you say? He's Tom Brady, for gosh sakes. My low light of the week is Saturday night, the Patriots getting absolutely smoked by the Colts in Indianapolis who played like wild dogs, especially the defense from the opening snap um, to the Patriots credit. They didn't quit. Uh, they hung in there and actually, uh, you know, had some chances late, uh, but you know, it didn't work out. And Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback for the Patriots, of course, uh, looked like a rookie for the first time. Really looked like a rookie. Uh, first through his first red zone interception, which was an absolute killer. I believe it was right at the end of the first half. Through at least one other interception, and uh, it all added up to the seven-game winning streak of the Patriots being broken in Indy, and uh, which was rather surprising since they were coming off a of bye week. After that uh, epic game in Buffalo and the wind and the snow and the rain and everything else where they only threw the ball three times and won really one of Belichick's uh, signature victories, I think, uh, in, in recent years, if not his whole career. Uh, that was just an amazing game up in Buffalo. So to see them come out and do this was really surprising, to say the least. And lastly, before we go to break, I just want to mention uh, another real highlight of the week was watching Tiger and Charlie right up the road in Orlando. Tiger Woods and his son Charlie play together at the PNC tournament, and they made quite a run yesterday. Uh, a flurry of birdies, I think, 12 or so birdies uh, over the 18 holes. Uh but lost to John Daly and his son by one stroke, but they finished in second place. Tiger looked good. Nothing short of amazing following his car accident from last February. But just to see him out on the course was just wonderful, especially the interaction with 
he had with the son, as did all the golfers with their playing partners who were sons and fathers and whatnot. So just a great, great tournament. Sold out. A lot of interest down here for that. And it was just great to see Tiger out on the course. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired. Create your own story to share and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Ingoldsby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? 
Hey, doing great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, as always. And uh, AP, the the news cycle continues. Uh, Felt like a bit of a break uh, between the Army-Navy game and college football that ends the season a week just nine days ago. And then on Friday, bowl season started. And uh, But... Big news last night, AP, that really got my attention, and I'm guessing it got yours as well. Bo Nix, the quarterback from Auburn, whose father played quarterback at Auburn, uh, transferred to Oregon. Uh, I saw the news late last night, and uh, while watching the Bucks get beat by the Saints, shut out, I should say, by the Saints. And it was yeah. just a crawl above the, you know, at the bottom of the screen. And I like sat up and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, what are your thoughts? You're right down there, down south in Alabama. So, it must have been, uh, again, I was shocked. And I'm guessing it was a bit of a surprise for a lot of people there, too. Yeah, I think so, uh, John. I had heard Oregon was in the mix. But I wasn't sure he'd make the bold move to, to move to the Northwest and be a, competing in the Pac-12. But I guess the the probably uh, one factor that made the decision for him was they brought in Kenny Dillingham. He was the one-time Auburn offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for Bo Nixon when he was a freshman. So that's some familiarity on the staff. Well. As always, you got the inside story. I figured there was some kind of a connection there. And I remember Bo Nix when he was a freshman. I think early on in his freshman year, I was watching a game where uh, he just had a fabulous victory. Um, You know, a classic SEC game a few years ago. So I don't remember exactly who they were playing, but it was, you know, it was a sit up and take attention, you know, pay attention to this freshman quarterback kind of game. And, He's had a bit of an up and down career at Auburn, but you know, a lot of ups. I certainly, you were there, and I remember watching with great interest the, this year's whiteout at Penn State, which was, I believe, in September. Uh, and you know, Bo Nix came to play. I mean, really a competitor, and it was a great game that night. A great game. You were there, so you would know better than me. But it's nonetheless, just. Fascinating move, given his legacy status uh, with his father having played quarterback for Auburn uh, back in the day. Yeah, absolutely, John. You know, believe it or not, he played against Oregon his very first game in Arlington, Texas, and they defeated the the ranked uh, Pac-12 team. And then the game, you one of the games he he beat Alabama when he was a freshman. Uh, so that. That was that's a, game a I'm big win of. for him in his career. Yeah, yeah that's so, the game I'm thinking uh, of. But, but as you said, yeah, as you said, Bo Nix, um, you know, he, he's had his ups and his downs. It's been a roller coaster. I mean, that's been the nature of everything that's happened with him, 34 consecutive starts over the three seasons. Uh, you know, but there was something that was missing with the team. He didn't get the total support. I don't think he had – the best receivers, of course, this year, the offensive right. line, he was running for his life the last couple of years. So the, there wasn't that, that steady, um, like I said, support surrounding him. So it, it made it difficult for him. And I guess 
maybe he didn't jive with the new coach, Brian Harson because he was the starter. He got hurt. I, I suspect he would be the starter next year if he returned. But he, he probably had a discussion with the coach and decided to move on. And he's got two years of eligibility. Oh, really? Wow. Two years. That's 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 big time. So, AP, correct me if I'm wrong. I have a memory uh, that maybe in the Alabama game late, he was not on the field. Uh, do I have that right? Was he hurt at the end of that game? Wait, no. Yeah, he did not play in that game, John. He was hurt by that time. Oh, okay. But by, by that game, yeah, T.J. Finley was the starter for that right. entire game. Yeah, uh, Bo had gotten hurt in, in, during the season, so he was not available for that game. That's correct. Okay, yeah. I, uh, I missed the beginning of the game. By the time I started watching it, it was second half, and T.J. Finley was out there. And, uh, yes. so I, okay, now, I, I am remembering yeah, that correctly. Yeah, it, and, yeah. It was the second half, John, of the, of the uh, this was like the mid-November, they played Mississippi State. The second half of that game, he uh, fractured the ankle, so he had to have surgery on it. Okay, got it, got it. Well, AP, again, never a dull moment, so he's heading to Oregon, two years of eligibility left. I mean, uh, I, I live in Boston, and, you know, Anthony Brown, former Boston College quarterback, uh has been the starter this past year at Oregon. And, of course, he, he rocked the college football world uh, with his performance early in the season. I think it was week one when, of course, they went into Columbus and beat Ohio State. Uh, the, you, know, you know, the reverberations of which still, still occur from that game. That's how massive a victory it was. Um, you know, Ohio State never was able to shake it. They're not in the playoffs, as we all know. They had lost to Michigan at the end of the season. In between, they were uh, awesome, as they always are. But no, that Oregon game, that, that was just, again, a point of discussion throughout the rest of the season. It was, in many ways, kind of the game of the year that just lingered all year long. Yeah, and that that essentially, that second loss by Ohio State against Michigan knocked them out of the college football playoffs. Playoffs. Maybe if they had beaten Oregon and they lost close to Michigan, maybe they'd be among the, among the teams being discussed. Correct. So, but that that game that game was uh, critical. It was stunning, you know. Like it was a real, just kind of cool jump start to the college football season. I felt because it just you know it was just such a massive upset to go in and do that in Columbus to start the season that like uh, again it, it was just a topic all year long uh, just like it wouldn't go away every time Ohio State was mentioned and of course filtered into you know throughout the Big Ten where teams like Penn State and whatnot you, you know you suddenly felt like you know is Ohio State vulnerable that they proved not to be. <laughs> they were pretty invulnerable between the, after the Michigan game until right. the Ohio State game. Right. But, but nonetheless, I, right. you know, I'm a Penn State guy, so it instantly, you know, on day one of the college football season, it gave me hope. <laughs> like, okay, or is Ohio, maybe this is the year that Ohio State can finally be uh, taken down. And ultimately they were, but it was Michigan who did it. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, again, never a dull moment, AP, in college football. I mean, you know, last night somebody, or over the weekend, somebody used 
the phrase, you know, free agents between the transfer portal and yeah. kind of mix in uh, NIL, name, name, image, and likeness. Uh, but mainly the transfer portal. And suddenly, you know, these kids, these students are, you know, college athletes are able to earn money and basically go play wherever they want. <laughs> and, and I, but I, I had never really heard the term free agent used, but that's exactly what they are. I thought it was, it like really yeah. just hit me when I heard it. Like, wow, that's right. That's exactly what they are these days. Yes, yeah, that's what they are, John. There's no question. There's total movement is available for players through the transfer portal, uh, the graduate program. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like I told people about Alabama football. They think it's a professional team now. I mean, Eli Ricks, one of the better cornerbacks coming out with his class from California, played at LSU. He transferred. He transferred to Alabama. Boutte, the excellent wide receiver from LSU, there's chatter that he might come to Alabama. So wow. these teams who are very good with roster management have connections throughout the college football world. They're going to improve their rosters. And you could see a team, let's say, that not considered a top 10 team, if they become like a school that people, people like to transfer to that program. Maybe they get 10 uh, transfers moving forward for the next three or four years, and they, they jump from, let's say, a top 20 team to a top 10 team. Right. Exactly. No, it's, it's just amazing how quickly, I mean, I know it's been going on for a couple of years, but it has really ga- gained momentum now. And when I think about this transfer portal, I, I just think of, you know, these hotshot quarterbacks coming into so many different teams across the country. They come in, you yeah. know, they compete. And if they don't get the starting job, they're transferring. Just that simple. And, and that's kind of my yeah, early view of happens. this. Yeah, that's what happens. And, John, here's a funny note about the Oregon transfer. Bo Nix coming from Auburn. I saw him play his senior year, the first game. They competed against Hoover High School in Alabama. That's a well-known Leg- program throughout Legendary. not only the southeast but nationally. Legendary. And the quarterback for yeah, – yeah, the legendary program, right. The quarterback for that team is Robbie Ashford. He is at Oregon, and he beat Bo Nix's team that day. I think it was something like – 52 to 14, 52 to 20, something of that nature. Oh, my. But Hoover just beat up on Pinson Valley at the time. But Robbie Ashford, he's a six foot four, 225-pound quarterback from Hoover, Alabama. He's, he's with the Oregon program. I thought that, this, that is pretty ironic. Unbelievable, AP. So they're going to be competing each other, we think, for the, number, for the well, quarterback Yeah, job. we don't know, right? This is a, it's a, yeah, it's a fluid situation, right? Fluid. Quarterbacks are on the move. So. <laughs> that, that is the word. It is fluid. Uh, well, AP, <laughs> we're at the end of our first uh, segment together, and I'm looking forward to next segment. We've got to get into the stunning fall of Urban Meyer. There's no other way to say it. Uh, he was fired last week by the Jaguars. So we will do that when we get to the other side. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we closed the previous segment saying we were going to talk about Urban Meyer, stunning fall Uh ultimately ending up with him getting fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars after just, uh, I think, 13 games uh, into his NFL career. And AP, they were showing some films of him talking on the field with coaches. I thought of you immediately, and you probably saw this. uh, Just this past week, they were running these films from from this year. He was talking to an opposing coach on the field and said, 
every team is Alabama. <laughs> and I love that line. I'm guessing you heard that. If you right. didn't. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I, I kind of remember that now. I sure do. Yes. Yeah, it was a great quote from Urban Meyer. I, I loved it when I heard it. Um, but AP, I mean, I was surprised when there seemed to be so many people when he was hired and given full, and I mean full, control of that program. Oh, yes. And there was a lot of people saying he wasn't going to make it, and I'm just going to be honest with you, given his stunning, stunning record in college. Right. I didn't quite understand it. Uh, but there's, a lot, I, I guess there's just a lot more than meets the eye where Urban Meyer is concerned. A lot of it's coming out. And, of course, the issues that occurred during the season, which were five or four or five at least, that couldn't be ignored. Right. Um, and in the end, what seemed to bring him down was Josh Lambeau, the kicker, former kicker of the Jaguars, saying that Urban Meyer kicked him and said some not-so-nice words to him as well. <laughs> um, and that's what did. Right. But that happened in August, AP. It's just that the story broke, whatever, a week or two ago. Yeah, and, and one thing about professional football, John, it, it's more of a partnership. Uh, even though you've had guys like Bill Parcells and Belichick, I mean, they can cut you and with the owner's authority, if they have that behind them, and make it difficult for you and push you to your limits. That's their responsibility to get the most out of you. But I, I don't know if Urban Meyer, you know, he's brushed, but that's nothing new about football coaches. I mean, they're... Correct. They're short with people a lot of times. Uh, so, but I think the main thing that he wasn't winning, that's it. I mean, if he was winning, well, absolutely. yeah, you'd hear about some of these things, but there, there, nobody's, nobody's firing a coach that's winning in the NFL, making money for everybody. That is, you hit the nail right on the head, AP. Um, of course, with yesterday's events, I think the Texans beat the Jaguars or some other Oh, Detroit Lions, of course, pulled the shocker of the day by upsetting the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. When it all when it all right. shook out, I believe the Jaguars now, if the season ended today, the Jaguars would have the number one pick again. Um, so right. that, that was just sort of ironic, I felt, given all that's gone on. But yeah. AP, I mean, like one of my first questions, you know, you know when you add up all the uh, incidents that occurred this season with Urban right. Meyer at the Jaguars, yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to yeah. hiring the assistant coach who had had issues at Iowa. Um, AP, my first thought was I just had to wonder, like, well, then what, what has been going on while he's been coaching college? Um, you know, whether it's at Ohio State or previously at Florida, where he won national championships at both. Uh, and you can take it the whole way back to Utah, and I think he started at Bowling Green. Um, you know, I, you never heard a word, and I realize that's college football, and that's it's different, totally different, as, as he knows now right. more than any other single person. But, you know, it was just my first thought. I'm just speaking sort of randomly when I heard this, like, you know, I just said, like, wow. So I wonder what what was going on at the colleges as well. But again, that's the kind of thing that it works for teenagers. It doesn't work for men. Just that simple. And that's where he got in trouble. 
Yes, yes. You know, when he was at Florida, there was a rash of arrests there. I thought I, I thought like 27 arrests. Correct. You know, and when I say 27, I think there was maybe one or two players got arrested more than once. That is correct. So, Including Aaron that, Hernandez. That, that's a high number. Right, yeah. So Aaron that, that's Hernandez a high number. That yeah, yeah, that's a very high number. That, that's, that, that's not um, what you would say uh, an accident. That's a trend in the wrong direction. If something was wrong with your, your vetting of players before they arrived on campus. That's way too high. I mean, we all know that you have a 100 football players, 85-mile scholarship, usually more than 100, 100 plus. They're going to make some mistakes. Correct. Nobody's immune. Youth. But, but 27, that, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. Lot. And there's no doubt about it. That number, you, you know, the norm. Has, has come out and is known by all these days and has not been forgotten. Um, but AP, you, you can relate to this. Uh, my memory of Urban Meyer personally was, you know, I was at what I believe is the first ever college football playoff national championship game in Dallas at the Cowboy State right. and Jerry World, as we call it. And right. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State and uh, Ezekiel Elliott that night, I remember, uh, you know, beat Oregon and the Heisman winner, Marcus Mariota. And I was right down on right. the field as uh, we're allowed to do as members of the media. Gosh knows you've been on it many, yeah. many times. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just right there, AP. I mean, I, I stood, well, I'll never forget, uh, I, I was two feet away, easily. I was listening to, you know, Phil Knight, the legendary founder of Nike, uh, came, was on the field also and talking with Urban Meyer, who was hoisting trophies and, you know, and uh, it's just something I'll never forget. Uh, the joy, shall we say, because, you know, Ohio State was his dream job from Ohio and all that. And he delivered a national championship. So the euphoria that night was, for me, unforgettable. And I have pictures of Urban Meyer up close. And I mean, really up close from that evening. And uh, I'll never forget it as long as I live, period. So. That was my perspective on him, or at least my moment of uh, seeing him in person, shall we say, at his at maybe his greatest moment, actually. Right. Yeah. He he beat Alabama on the way to that championship. Matter of fact, in New Orleans with Zeke that's right, Elliot. I think he had, I think it was three or four games of two hundred yards plus. That offensive line was sensational in that stretch. Correct. He went yeah, on a so run. Ezekiel. Yeah, so John, you know, one thing about Urban Meyer, he's won at every place, and to have this downfall in the pros, you know, we, we've seen that in the past by some people who attempted to, to be professional coaches in the NFL. It hasn't worked out. I mean, when Steve Spurrier didn't have all the people that with superior talent, no pun intended, uh, at the receiver's position in the pros, he was just an average offensive coach. I mean... Yeah, you're at Florida, and you could get all these fast players on one roster, and everybody else is at a disadvantage. Can't have enough defensive backs to cover anybody, even the caliber, even to keep up with them. Uh, and you know, you can expose their defense. But in the pros, everybody does just as fast, and you have to execute and perform, and have a good scheme, and you have to have great play by your quarterback and your defense, your special teams. It's a total effort. One little edge can can uh, give you the win. It, it, you don't you don't have the the superiority 
at all the positions. Absolutely. Well said, AP. I mean, that's what it is. These are professionals. They're men. And, you know, they, they all have to come together. Uh, and that's what happens every year with the ultimate Super Bowl champion for, you know, there's so many variables that occur. And there's always a team. Last year was the Bucks who just put it all together at the right time and basically go on a run. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but AP, the final note before we go to break is just, you know, what's really stunning about this, you know, Urban Meyer's college career winning percentage is absolutely stunning. I, it's like I looked at it. I, I forget the numbers, but it was like, whatever, oh. a couple hundred wins against a handful of losses. We'll just leave it at that. I, you know, that, that that's... Right. So he's a, he's a winner. He's never lost, ever, uh, until now, until two and twelve or right. two and eleven, whatever it was at Jackson at the Jaguars. So that's the stunning part to me. Yeah. That you yeah. Know, and I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure to him as well. Like he's just never lost. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, yeah it's it's it, it is uh, surprising. I mean. I, I guess the fact that I didn't think he was going to win in the first year at Jacksonville, but Nor did he didn't I. even make it through the entire the entire season, right? Correct. So that's, that's a stunner. Surprising that he wasn't able to temper his personality or come up with a plan to manage men and not young student athletes. That's it. AP, you said it perfectly, as always. So uh, fascinating, to put it mildly. But we are at the end of our second session together, so why don't we take our final break? Still a little bit, uh, still much more to get to, I should say, uh, on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. 
Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is NFL football at 5 p.m. Eastern today and two more games tomorrow, as in Tuesday night. Uh, COVID strikes again. And A.P., uh, here, we are, here we are again at the uh, same position as last year. I will never forget meeting a buddy from Western Pennsylvania down here in Florida to watch the Washington Redskins upset the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers at, I believe, 5 o'clock on a Wednesday, a random Wednesday in December, just about a year ago, and how weird that was to be watching an NFL game on a weekday at 5 p.m. And here we are, AP, today we at 5 p.m. There's an NFL game, Browns and Raiders. So it's a pretty crazy world out there again. Cancellations and all that. COVID seeping really into sports, which, of course, is a reflection of society in general. And here we are, AP. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, the second year, John, people are having to address this COVID situation. So they become accustomed to maneuvering the games and managing the, the rosters and and trying to make sure that all the games are played. And of course, AP, there is one massive, and I mean massive difference. As a season ticket holder, I can relate. Uh, Bottom line, last year there were not fans in the stands, period. There were empty stadiums. That's what made it more spooky and weird. Uh, This year there are fans. So, you know, a lot of people can't make, you know, who, who go on Sundays can't necessarily make, uh, you know, Monday at 5 p.m. So, you know, right. that's the fascinating new, shall we say, part of this. And uh, anyway, we shall see, AP. All I know is at 5 o'clock I'm going to tune in just because I can. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing better at 5 p.m., right? <laughs> right? 
<laughs> for sure. Right, right. Uh, and then again, two more games tomorrow night, and tonight's 5 p.m. game will be followed by the usual Monday night football game. So it doesn't seem all that weird because there is, again, a, M- a Monday night game. So it's a football night. But tomorrow night right. is a standalone two games, both at 7 p.m., I believe. And uh, what do we got here? Seahawks at Rams, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Washington football team at Eagles, same time, 7 p.m. So two games tomorrow, 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night. That's weird. (laughs) But (laughs) it it, it just is. But, you know, we'll be watching AP. I know that. They'll get big ratings, I'm sure, for only because of the unusual nature of it all. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's no question people will tune in because they, they love football and they missed yep. some of it last year. And, and uh, like, as you said, that's the only game in town at 5 o'clock today. No so, doubt about it. Uh, hey, only yeah, game in town. Raiders yeah, were too happy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to No, that's yeah, I well, can imagine. Yeah, I imagine they were too happy, yeah. Yeah, it's the Browns with the COVID uh, down players with COVID or whatever, however it's working out. So, but it's the Browns issue yeah. and the Raiders uh, got pulled into it, shall we say. They were not happy when the news first broke last week. Uh, AP, uh, speaking of not happy, I'm thinking Mac Jones is not happy today. Um, Mac Jones finally, for the first time this year, Looked like a rookie. The Colts come out on fire, especially their defense. They were like literally wild dogs. They were just uh, everywhere, it seemed. He threw a couple interceptions, including his first ever in the red zone. So I'm a Patriot season ticket holder, and uh, they got thrashed. Uh, What a way to end their seven-game winning streak, that's for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. They they played against the the Colts and the there was some jawing going back and forth, I guess. Yes, there was. That game, John. Yeah, so, Matthew uh, Kudon. And the upper hand at the final score. And so, you know, Mac, I hope he learned some lessons for that for that game. Yeah. You're going to love this, game. AP, if you weren't aware. And Mac, I'm sure, learned some lessons. I mean, I, I, they had a seven-game winning streak. If you're going to have a bad game, I'd rather have it now than the playoffs. So, all good things yeah. come to an end. And just to close out the show, AP, Belichick this morning, within the past hour or two, apologized to the media for his, uh, I didn't see it, but apparent short press conference following the Indianapolis loss. So uh, that's not so, that's something you don't see every day, AP. He literally apologized. No, I saw that was, no, really, yeah, it was six minutes in length. I read on the, on the ticker line. Uh, so I, I didn't see it myself. But yeah, I mean, John, win, lose, or draw, as Coach Bryant would always say, you always have to show your class. Yep. And sometimes it's it's more difficult than others. Yeah, well, I've sat through a number of Belichick press conferences, good, bad, and otherwise. Uh, so uh, to see, and I just don't ever remember uh, him literally apologizing, but he did this morning. Um, big news. Right. Actually, like, you know, that really like kind of hit the wire and it is. 
Yeah, that is. Sure is. It's notable. It's noteworthy. <laughs> so anyway, AP, uh, and last night, we'll just close out one last time here. Last night, Tom Brady's press conference after the Bucks were shut out. He channeled his inner Belichick. Um, <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. I think everybody knows what that means, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, when he lost to New Orleans and I was at that game in the in the uh, uh, over there in Louisiana, two minute two minute post game. Right. I have it all on tape. Two minutes. And he and he walked off the podium. I was exactly. highly disappointed in his behavior. I I just I was not impressed. I can tell you that I've been around a lot of professional football players, basketball players, and win, lose, or draw. I mean, I'm always hearkening back to like a John Havlicek. Win, lose, or draw, he always faced, faced the questions. Yes, and I know the press conference you're talking about. I was surprised having watched Brady press conferences for 20 years. Um with what happened that evening, the very one you're talking about. Uh, well, AP, unfortunately, we're at the end of the show. Uh, I think we could go another hour with all that's going on, but unfortunately we can't, and I just want to thank you, as always, for calling in. Great job. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure. Thank you again, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.